Welcome to Mormons on Mushrooms. In this podcast, we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a fulfilling life. We often discuss triggering topics. We ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. In addition, the opinions offered by our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts of this podcast. If you'd like to support the program, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash Mormons on Mushrooms. Thank you for listening and enjoy. I'm Mike, by the way. Yeah. I just Mike. was hitting record. Um, no worries. <laughs> Uh, nice to see you. you guys so good to see you you Yay. look beautiful as always oh thank you Shalice <laughs> uh, has said so many good things about you we're we feel so lucky to be able to chat with you today so thank you first of all just thank you for spending oh, some time with us this evening oh my gosh, it's my honor and pleasure i love your podcast it's so fascinating and amazing oh like beyond it's so great (laughs) like i totally forgot to tell you this before but we met someone that knows you at the festival this weekend that's right oh no way who'd you mean crap was his name darren the brother of your first husband darren that must be it maybe yeah (laughs) I've only had one husband. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, he came up and he was like, Julie, so I've heard you mention Kimber. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. And he was like, how well do you know her? And I was like, yeah, we're friends. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then he was like, well, I heard you say her name on the podcast. And then you said what she did. And I was like, I wonder if that's my Kimber. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. how many Kimbers? How many Kimbers do right. Akashic reading? Yeah. yeah. And so he was just like, that's so cool. It was just such a small world. That is wild. That is a small world. Yeah. Were you in Utah? Yeah, in Utah. But he didn't oh come from God. Utah. He came from somewhere else. A, a different. Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, I wait to tell my kids that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. It yeah. never ceases to amaze me how weird and small the world is. Like. We met people. We were so Kimber. We were at a solstice event, kind of like a like a festival. The three of us were, and so many of these kind of things of like, oh, I know you through so and so, and uh, I'm you know best friends with this person that you met. And it's just like, there's only like how many people were there? Do you suppose four or five hundred? About five hundred. I think. Yeah, we're out in the middle of the desert. It's like, oh shit! Like I, I know everybody here. It was that, that was really weird. That's so weird. It is. I find that here all the time. Like people that come for sessions, they'll know somebody across the country that I do sessions with. It blows my mind all the time. Wow. Uh-huh. I had one session once where um, she was asking about this woman lives in Hawaii, but she came in for a session here in California. She's asking about her best friend and. I'm in the record. She never said the best friend's name and all this stuff. And I was like, is her name so-and-so? And she's like, how do you know? And I go, I know her. And they just showed her face in the records. Oh, my God. And it blew my mind. We're oh, like, my gosh. Holy crap. 
Yeah, it was crazy. That's so crazy. So crazy. It's a small world when you get into this space and it's really cool. Yeah. 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 I think it's one of my favorite parts of this whole podcast community. Everything is you start to like connect these webs and it's kind of an intimate web, but it's so many cool people. Yeah. So many cool people. Um, So in true Mormons on Mushrooms fashion, we hit record, but we can always just cut what we need to, but we just, there's a magic in like the initial like meeting. And so we wanted to capture that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Sounds, <laughs> sounds really great. So I wanted so, to do like a little, little official intro for Kimber yeah. because listeners know I've talked about her many times and I didn't know if I should say her name, but towards the end I started, once she agreed to come on, I was like, Kimber. So anytime <laughs> I say like energy, energy worker, healer, teacher, it's usually Kimber. So I met her man, like three years ago now, maybe more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. she came into my life at the exact time that I needed her. And I found her through a girl who I had a scuba class with. Like it was so random and perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like we just got talking during our scuba classes and I was just telling her I was going through a hard time and, and I loved all this spiritual stuff. And she's like, you need to meet Kimber because she does these divine assembly classes and, and talks about make- like, a divine alchemy. That's what it is. Divine alchemy and talks about all these different things and crystals and ascended masters. And she reads the Akashic. I'm like, what is that? And like all of these questions that I had. And so I signed up and my mind was blown and it was just like all the healing and all the knowledge. And I'm still learning so much, but Kimber, thank you for being here and for teaching me all the wonderful things. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> I'm so blessed to be able to share it. And I'm a perpetual seeker. So I just constantly seek and then share and and uh-huh. dive into consciousness and then share the next level. So it always levels up as well, which is really fun. That's amazing. Perpetual seeker. I think it's one of my favorite like, <laughs> terms. <laughs> Damn, I like that. Yeah, I love the seeking impulse. I think it's really important to keep expanding the consciousness. Yes. Yeah. So um, I would love to talk more about your background and how you ended up where you are now, especially in relationship to Mormonism, because Mormons on mushrooms. Um, but then you had agreed to open the Akashic for us, which we're all very excited about. So people can kind of see what that's like. So, yeah, I guess we can start with with your background and like, who are you? <laughs> well, I am from Utah and um, I'm currently in Los Angeles. I live in Santa Monica. But my background with Mormonism, while I was never Mormon myself, all my genealogy are the pioneers like mm. they came from Pennsylvania in the wagons and um so I have polygamous in my background I have all Mormonisms on both sides um my dad grew up Mormon but he was gay mm. and so it was that Mormon template that he kept trying to erase it and erase it and erase it and try to do the right thing and he married my mom had two kids tried to stay the line and obviously it didn't work and so then when i was about four their marriage crumbled and um but i wouldn't be here had that template not been there but i do think from growing up in utah there's a there's a different perspective i think especially not being mormon i grew up very catholic Mm. and going to church in the 70s i mean going to school in the 70s being like the only non-Mormon kid was a really interesting perspective by, you know, I remember when I was in third grade, this girl, I became really close with her and we 
we're going to play one day. I think it was like Wednesday and she had to go to mutual. And I was like, well, can I come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, you can't come. And actually my mom said, I can't play with you anymore. And I said, well, why? She's like, Oh, she said that you're going to hell. And if I play with you, I'll go to hell. Oh, shit. Oh. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> what? Oh. So that was my first like big eye opener going, Oh, wow. This is interesting. Uh, that's fascinating. Usually someone wanting to come to mutual that's when everyone starts licking their chops and like okay yeah yeah come yeah. Yeah. famous rubbing their, rubbing their hands together you know oh, like oh well, we got like, someone loaded now yeah they, they they did change their tune i think she went home and told everybody and so then they started bringing cupcakes to my house ah, there and- it is <laughs> 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 really pissed my mom off. My mom was like, "Oh hell no, this is not happening." And they would ring the doorbell with twelve cupcakes, going, "If you come, you can have these cupcakes." And yeah, which is yeah. so interesting because it just shows you, like, behind closed doors, they're judging so hard, and you're going to hell, and don't talk to her. But then they come to your house, with cupcakes, like, or you can come with us. It's like, kind of creepy. So creepy. Oh, weird. <laughs> It's so weird, but it is a weird. And I think I explain to people, you know, in Utah, there's a lot, you're either Mormon or you're rebel. So I became this huge rebel because to fit in, there's kind of two different places you can go. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just an interesting thing to grow up with. And that's so, that's so true. I was talking uh, over the weekend at this event, I was talking to somebody about the exact thing you're talking about, which is that does seem to be the case where if the stronger the Mormonism or the stronger the way it's lived or the orthodoxy, I guess you could say the, the further, I, I guess the further away the rebellion and the, and the stronger the rebellion, it's like you, no matter what happens, there's that balance that sort of like naturally starts to create itself, uh, through really pious, uh, you know, indoctrinated Mormons versus, okay, well, here's all of the lists and the tenets of Mormonism. I'm rebelling against all of them strongly, you know, and maybe, and maybe overcorrecting sometimes to, to very, the point. Of, yeah, very it's, in, it's very interesting. It is interesting. It really is. And then, yeah, when I, when my kids were in junior high, I really wanted to move to Los Angeles and they were both like, no. And people thought I was crazy. They were like, you're taking your teenage kids to Los Angeles. You're taking them out of Salt Lake City to Los Angeles. You're crazy. <laughs> but the thing is, they rebelled way less when we got here because there's nothing to rebel against. Right. I've had wow. that same, like, because I moved to Los Angeles 10 years ago and my kids are teenagers now. And I'm really loving the dynamic in their school because there's so much diversity in their school. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's less of trying to do things to set yourself apart. You know, they recognize the differences and, you know, there's still plenty of stuff going on, you know, in their, you know, high school or junior high. But I feel like that need to be like, Oh, I need to wear a mask or I need to set myself apart in some way because everyone is blonde and white and Mormon. <laughs> um, it, it goes away. And I, so I really love the diversity in Los Angeles because of that. Yeah, it's so, yeah. Great. so great. Yeah, it was, it blew my mind. My daughter went to Samuel High and it was just so amazing seeing the diversity. It was great. 
That's awesome. So tell us about how like you ended up getting into energy work and started recognizing your gifts. So when I was little, I was really sick a lot. I had ear infections, sore throats, and I would get these really high fevers, maybe 103, 104 degree fevers. But what the fever did was pull away the veil. Mm. And so when I was really sick as a kid, I would see angels come in. Like there's the first time I remember this angel came in and sat at the end of my bed and gave me a drink of water and covered up. And it was a big black woman. And I was like, well, this is clearly not my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was just so loving and so caring and nurturing. And then she came the next night and the next night she was like, honey, we're going to learn how to fly. And so she pulled me out of my body. And I remember hovering in my room looking, I could see all the pictures and I could see my body down there below. And then we flew into space and we were going through portal wormholes and all these different things. And then all of a sudden I landed in a room with a boy and I was like, Oh, well, we're going to learn how to fly. And so I grabbed him and then we started flying around going through portals and, and wormholes. And then we, we found this planet where we'd play on a swing set and everything. And I grew up thinking, Oh, I have this imaginary friend that I can always just leave my body and connect to and have this amazing experience. Well, when I was 20 years old, I manifested working for MCA records, universal, like Geffen records, like a major label. And he was a singer in a band, one of the first bands I worked with. And then we went out dancing. I don't know if you guys remember, you guys are probably too young to remember club TV. Um, it was a club on West Temple and we went across the street dancing. And then after we danced all night, we went in the alley and he kissed me. And I was like, Oh my God, it's you. Oh, shit. And I just started crying and then he started crying and we're like, oh, Holy shit. Like, Holy shit. Oh, this is real. <laughs> and oh and this is your twin flame, right? So this is my twin so, I knew this would happen. So I have all these things I want you to talk about. And you just keep talking. You like talk about all of them. <laughs> like, as I think it, you start talking about it and it's just great. So continue. <laughs> yeah. So then I ran, I freaked out because I was, you know, I think I was 21 at the time, very damaged child. And, um, I ran, I went and married my husband because he was the nice guy. He was so sweet and so amazing. Had two kids. I was doing the white picket fence thing, quit my, my record industry job. Finally, when I was about 28, 26. And, um, right after I had my daughter, I started having these dreams and visions of him again. And I was like, what is going on? And I, he put out an album and I was like, for some reason, I think this album's for me. Um, the dreams and visions, like an angel came to me and she was like, you guys are an amazing spiritual path together. You have to find each other and you have to find me in the desert. And I was like, Oh my God. And I woke up and I actually was so naive at the time that I told my husband, <laughs> I was like, I just I dream about this guy again. And he's like, now you think he's the fucking Messiah? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm just confused. So then the next day, an old friend from the record company called me and he's like, oh, they're playing a show in Phoenix. You should come see them. And I was like, the mm. desert. Okay. So I booked a trip and I went down there and um, 
I went backstage. I was shaking. I was nervous. I was like, this guy's super famous now. He wasn't when I met him, but at the time he became super famous. And I was like, he's not even going to remember who I am. Well, I walked backstage and our friend is like, oh, do you remember Kimber? And turned his body and he just looked at me and started crying. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And so then took my hand. Um, I, it felt like I was stepping into heaven. So that's, that's the moment in life, in mushroom journeys and everything I do. I'm chasing this exact moment because in that moment, the veil, everything fell away. It was like connecting with God itself. It was the most blissful, samadhi, beautiful experience you could imagine. And I was like, oh, shit, I love him. And I've got two little kids and a really great husband. And what am I going to do? I love him. So um, I left. They had to get on the bus to go somewhere else. And I left. A lot of stuff happened. But when I walked out, I was telling my friend, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I love him. Oh, my God. And she's like, well, he still loves you, but I need more information about the lights. And I said, well, lights. What do you mean lights? And she goes, well, when he took your hand, a light flew out of your head and a light flew up in his head. And in the top, it merged. And she's like, it was like the Luxor in Vegas that these big lights came up. And she's like, I don't believe in your woo-woo stuff. And she's like, this is just complete completely destroyed my whole paradigm. Like what just happened? And I'm like, I don't know, but I love him. And I had felt him haunting me. So I felt like his energy with me all the time. And she thought I was crazy. So she was like, you know what? Like this is a bored housewife. Doesn't know what's going <laughs> on. Um, but we went back to our hotel room. I'm crying like the longing. It was like someone ripped my heart uh, open and pulled out my heart and just was stomping on it. I was like crying of this separation. It was like, the original separation. And so I'm crying on the bed and she goes, Oh, is this what you mean? And I said, what? She goes, he's literally sitting on the end of the bed and he's crying. And I was like, what? I go, you see that? Cause I knew he was there, but I didn't know she knew what she he was there. And I was like, you see that? And she's like, yeah. And I'm going to go in the bathroom and leave you guys alone because what the, <laughs> what the fuck? So it was just that really, I mean, I had been on a spiritual journey. I used to read the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I used to read, you know, at the time I was reading Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian White. And so I had this like foundation. I always was into angels, but that was my awakening. That relationship and that journey, it it was my tower moment because my whole marriage just went. It's like I had the perfect life set up. And then the angels just came and said, nope. <laughs> oh. And so my uh my poor husband was so sensitive and um he knew the moment I got back that something had happened. And uh. um, so everything crumbled and I had to go on this necessary journey to uncover and heal all the wounded fragments of myself because the twin flame journey, if you guys don't know, it's um I was about to ask. Thank you. That was yeah. another thing. Just like, yeah. I was like, what's the twin yeah. flame? <laughs> I know. I know. I tell us everything because I, I know nothing about twin flames, twin flame uh, journey. So I'd love to hear about that. Amazing. Amazing. So a twin flame, it said, is it's an equal signature frequency. So it's basically the same soul that has decided to embark on a really perilous journey and split into two, like a divine masculine, divine feminine counterpart. And that can be gay people as well so it's just like the feminine energy and the masculine energy 
split into two different bodies and um, to have this journey on earth. And so when you face each other, you're facing the most intense mirror that you can ever imagine and facing. So anything that's unhealed, the other person will just mirror right back. And what it does is activate your 12 chakra system. It activates your Kundalini energy. So it burns off all your programming, all the templates, all like past lives. I was having all these past life memories coming up with him to clear and purify your, your soul and your being. And it's, it's an ascension journey. So it's some people decide to take this route for a quick, it's like a quick PhD program of awakening because you can't hide from it. Like you can't go and be like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to do this because this person keeps coming back. I see it. Like you dance in to activate and then you dance out to integrate and you come back together. And it's like this purification. It's like the fire of the Phoenix, the alchemy, and then you have to dance out to integrate the energies and and um, really come into wholeness and realize that you're already whole. You're already holy within your body. You don't need another person. It's, that's, it's actually the dichotomy of it is that you think you need that other person to stay alive. Like you feel like you're dying without other person. But if you're doing the journey and you're doing the healing work, you start to realize, oh, I am my own twin flame. I, it's an energy because when these two people come together, you create this third energy. And that was that light in the sky that my friend saw um, that an energy that you can both pull on to really open up your sacred guests more and remember who you truly are and have a different dimensional awareness of consciousness. Um, it's amazing. Cool. Divine masculines have had a really hard time with it. I think the feminines have done easier. It's been easier for them to really dive in and do the work and um, ascend while the masculines have struggled with the energy. Not very many twin flames, actual twin flames are in physical union. And it's not always romantic, right? No. And it's like I, my teacher, because during a lot of this process, I finally found someone that was like a twin flame expert because I was like, I need to know what's going on. So I called him for like a reading and he, he's telling me all these things like, yeah, yeah, I know all this. I knew all this. <laughs> you know? And that's how I became a healer because I go, I know all this. <laughs> My real question is, what am I supposed to be doing? And he goes, well, you know, you're a healer, right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I, was like, oh, man. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be a weird lady. And he's like, well, you're going to have to. But um, <laughs> he, he used to always say, you know, if you want the white picket fence and um, happily ever after, go buy a bottle of wine and date some schmuck because that's what <laughs> Twin Flames journey is about. It's not about relationship. It's about union. It's about creating the sacred union on the higher realms and understanding what the way I see it is like, when you think about the oneness of creation, like, you know, that we're all one, we're all God consciousness moving through our bodies. Right. And we can recognize each other as such. Well, the twin flame journey really helps you understand that in such a deep level that even in separation and even in the darkest of the nights and the hardest moments, you realize, Oh, that's just me. Like, so you really learn that unity consciousness because being in separation with the twin on the other side of the country, or a lot of times it's the other side of the world and that separation, that longing, it's like the longing for God, um, that separation, you have to really understand that, oh, there actually is no separation. 
we are actually just one being in different vessels experiencing different perspectives. And so then that expands. I have this thing when I do healing work that I, 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 when I first started, I looked at this picture and I'd be like, look upon all the way I look upon you. And so then I started looking on everyone the way I looked upon the twin flame. Oh, oh wow. Makes sense. So you have a really yeah, interesting story of like how he kind of walked out. Would you mind talking about that? Oh, yeah. So um, he he struggled a lot. He had a very traumatic childhood and it was really hard for him. Um, so he had and especially becoming famous and then adding that on top of the whole templates that he was carrying. It was really challenging. And so when we were go when we were going through this purification process and also real quick backstory on this is when the twin flames activate each other, your empathic body really activates stronger. So you become such an empath. Well, the feminine's used to dealing with this because the feminine, you know, we're used to being high empaths. That's the way we navigate the world. But the masculine in that primordial masculine energy that has to go hunt or has to go, you know, protect the tribe. They can't be empathic. They can't be feeling that other person's emotions or feeling, you know, emotional when you're in that kind of situation. So for men, when that empathic body comes online and you start feeling not only like your twin flame, you start feeling your coworkers, you start feeling your audience, you start feeling all this stuff. And it's really challenging for the masculine to start feeling everyone else's emotions and not having the tools. And our awakening happened in 2000, 1999. So there weren't spiritual teachers. Mm -hmm. There there wasn't even Google. I couldn't Google this. There was <laughs> nothing. The word twin flame wasn't even a concept. And so for him, he kept trying to kill himself. And um, we found him dead one time and he passed over and then he, we came, he came back to life. But there was a point we, we separated for about seven years and I went back to see him again. I was called like my spirit, like it's time to go see him again. So I went to a show and he was just void. It was like an empty shell. Like he hugged me and it was like hugging the air. I was like, what is going on with this energy? And it took me a few extra times of seeing him. And finally I, I went to dinner with him in Canada and I was talking to him and I'm like, this is not him. Like, this is a completely different personality. This is a completely different entity. He doesn't remember me. He doesn't remember anything. My best friend from that first story was there. She was kicking me under the table and going, what, the, what is going on? We got up the elevator that night and I go, who was that? And she goes, I don't know. I'll call him Samuel because that's what he's going to be in the book. But I don't know, but that wasn't Samuel. And I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And we're just like, so what I've experienced um, is he left his soul. He left his body. His soul like filtered out, but it was a braiding experience. So this new entity that was connected to the other soul braided into the body so that his energy could go out and um and leave the body so there's a different energy in the body right now and it's obvious like even when i look at pictures i'm like that's just not him i know that person like like the back of my hand and it's just he's got a different cadence on his like energy he's got 
completely different eyes. It's just really bizarre. So that's been a whole other part of my journey of figuring this out. And that's why that was what was happening when I was calling that, that one flame expert expert. So that led me to this. So if you think about the twin flame journey, it's every part. If you're not ascending and if you're not really making huge spiritual by like quantum leaps, it's probably not as twin flame energy. It's probably a toxic because a lot of people get confused and they think these narcissistic or toxic relationships. Oh, it's my twin flame. But if you're not like fully elevating every time it would come together, I would just elevate more and I would dive into consciousness more and figure out like, okay, what is this? <laughs> My God, what's this? And he throws something at me different every single time. So who knows what next time will be of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Guys, this is already my favorite conversation we've had. Oh, I knew it would be. I was like, you guys just wait. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I'm doing, I'm doing my, I am doing my damnedest to stay in, let my brain race with like, okay, super famous musician, <laughs> talking 99. Like I'm over, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm literally over here in the back of my mind trying to guess at who it is. I can't. Uh, just so you know, I have not come up with even a single guess, but <laughs> I I have to admit that I'm trying to listen as intently as possible. But there's a tiny little guy back here going, "Okay, let's it? really let's tr- crunch the numbers here and try to figure out who the fuck this is." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna ask you and listeners. We're not gonna get to that, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'll never tell. <laughs> yeah. I'll never oh, tell. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> Amber, would you mind just explaining to people who may have never heard of walk-ins kind of like what that, like a quick definition of what a walk-in would be? So usually a walk-in is a higher dimensional spirit that comes in. So say a being is really tired of life and they don't want to do it anymore. And they they want to exit. It's been really challenging, probably a pretty aggressive incarnation. And so they want to say sayonara. They'll make a soul agreement on the higher dimensional realms. And it's probably someone from their oversouls. It's a higher dimensional being that will come in that doesn't want to go through the, the childhood process. They don't want to go through that whole human child process that is just not for Rough. the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just come in and do the mission really quick. Um, so that's the way it usually works. This one wasn't. This, the new walk-in for this, it's like a walk-in soul. So they walk into the body from a different dimension. The one that's in my twins is not a higher dimensional being. He's actually more basic. My twin was very awake and very aware. And he was talking about consciousness from a very early age. And this one is just, I call him Joe because it's just Joe Blow, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, he's sweet. But that's how I know it's not him because he's not a dick. <laughs> he's just really sweet, um, <laughs> really basic, and not he doesn't challenge me. Um, so that's what it's just what I've come. It's like so we have an oversoul with you know different souls connected to that oversoul. I feel like it's someone really related to our soul family that came in to finish this and got to step in and he was having the time of life. He got to step into like the life of a rock star. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Here I am. Um, yeah. So, and I think for me too, there's just, 
there's, you know, we're multidimensional beings and we can see it from different perspectives. Like you can see it from that perspective that there's a walk-in. There's another perspective where, you know, they did electroshock therapy on him a lot and she messed up his brain. And then there's another perspective that, you know, I mean, one of my friends has this perspective that maybe it's multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has come through at certain moments. Like you'll see glimpses of him, but um, from my journeys, like my medicine journeys, that's where they showed me the braiding. It was an actual, I think it was an MDMA journey where they showed me the braiding process and they're like, he braided in and then he, and then he braided out. Yeah. I'm waiting to see if you two have any more questions before I keep going. (laughs) I'm just kind of speechless right now. (laughs) This is a lot of stuff to put on someone who doesn't know anything about this stuff. So I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to make pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, It was interesting. Amazing. Yeah, I just barely heard about Watkins for the first time. I think we were doing one of those podcasts with Glenn Chalice and uh, with Wendy Kennedy, and she was talking about Watkins. And mm-hmm. it was the first time, it was probably just like a month ago that I even heard about it for the first time. And so, yeah, I'm loving this additional context and especially a personal experience with it is pretty, pretty yeah, bad. I yeah. look at someone that you've known forever and just not have that body be connected to the soul it's, it's very it's mind-blowing yeah well it makes me wonder I, 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 like, I literally after that night i i cried like it was a death it was just like i'm like he's gone he left didn't you find him in meditation like somewhere well else? i found most oh oh yeah that's so oh that's great that's a great question um <laughs> So after one of the times when I'm like, okay, he's not there. Where the hell is he? So I went into a deep meditation. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, show me where he is. And all of a sudden I get to the theta brainwave state. And then all of a sudden they pull me up out of my body. And I go flying through the stars into deep, deep space. And all of a sudden I landed on this planet and he was there by this river of light. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not doing earth anymore. I'm not doing it. and I was oh. like oh, okay and so I'm like but what do we need to do and then all of a sudden this collective which speaking of Wendy Kennedy because she channels the Palladians uh-huh. right um so she, all of a sudden this big collective energy came and they individuated so a couple of them came down from this collective energy and they were these tall beautiful kind of blue golden beings and I I said where am I? And they said, well, you're on what you would know as the Pleiades. <laughs> and the what? And they're like the Pleiades. <laughs> and then they said, well, this is how you heal him. And they showed a grid system around him and sacred geometry. And they're like, when people get fractured with trauma, it creates this fractured, like, <laughs> kind of shrapnel looking energy in this energy field. And they're like, you can smooth it because you work with the harmonics of people. Like, so he's a musician, he works with sound, but you work with the harmonics of people's energy fields. And so they showed me how I could smooth out his energy fields. And then they turned my head and across all, like the whole universe were these grits. And they're like, these are timelines. You can heal time. And 
I was, and it showed me these nodal points where these like moments in time. And then all of a sudden he starts screaming at me, merge timelines, merge timelines. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, you do. I'm like, I don't. And he's like, merge timelines. And then all of a sudden I just popped back into my body and I was like, what the hell just happened to me? Because I wasn't on anything. I was just meditating. It was like a Tuesday. And (laughs) (laughs) so I get on my computer and I start Googling and I'm like, the Pleiades. And then I saw the seven sisters. They're like a star system and they're seven stars. And also just overwhelmingly felt like home. I was like, oh my God, that feels like home. And then I Googled Pleiadian light beings and I was like, oh my God, those are the guys. <laughs> those are the ones I just saw. And it just blew my mind. And years later, I realized like, as I expanded, I realized, oh, one of those beings that was talking to me that time and that kept coming back and telling me things, that's a future version of me. So, you know, how we do the work and we go back and heal like our four and five-year-old self. Well, that was a future version of me that is in the Pleiades in like the 12th dimensional Pleiadian realm coming back and telling me how I can help heal this planet. So that was mind blowing. This is like the perfect segue. I love this so much. And the reason why I like semi freaked out when you described them, because this weekend um, I told you I brought my friend with me to um, the revival. So we had a ceremony together and it was, it was his first time trying mushrooms. And the first thing he says to me, once he's deep in the medicine, he's like, you're so tall. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he goes, you're enormous. I'm like, no, I'm like five, six. And he goes, not you, but like your soul. And he goes, you're so tall. And you're like, you're blue. You're this beautiful blue color. You're like a goddess. I'm like, what? Oh my God. And you just describe them as tall blue beings. And you know, like. One of the first things you said to me in my reading with you is that I had the Pleiadian energy. And so it's just like more confirmation. It's just so cool. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So that that was uh, your first experience with other dimensional beings. And like, when did you start seeing more from other places and like, I guess we haven't really gotten super weird on this podcast and I want to, and you're like the perfect person to <laughs> get weird with. So like, let's talk about these alien races and like what you know of them. Yeah. So that opened up my consciousness to the the alien races, the celestial beings, which are just other beings from other dimensions and they're intimate dimensional beings. And so when I opened up the Pleiades, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I started just, unpacking it more and more and i did a float tank so i'm always exploring consciousness in different ways like it, whether it be mushroom medicine float tanks breath work all those things that takes you to that that next dimension well i did i did float tanks for a while i went to one and i was like nothing was happening and i was you know how that happens sometimes you're like oh great i'm laying here for an hour and nothing's happening and i'm like i came here for magic and i was like <laughs> i go where am i from and then this voice said, you're from the Pleiadian realm through the angelics from the Ashtar command. Oh, wow. Like the Ashtar command. And so then I Googled Ashtar command, which is part of the Galactic Federation of Light. And so they have these starships and it's where the ascended masters are. So that opened me up more. And then like 
the Octarians would come in, which are these beautiful blue beings. And they started really like asking them, who are you? And they're saying, you know, we're really good with technology, but we're very heart centered and we're good with music and dance and sound and all these different things. So a lot of different races just kept coming in. And the more I worked on other people, that's when more things would open up. Like I'm like, oh, these Andromedans are here, which, okay, who are the Andromedans? And I would start asking these questions of different dimensional beings that are helping Earth ascend. And they're all aspects of ourselves, I think, too. So when we, you know, think really weird, it's just a different dimension version of beings, of God consciousness. Um, so, yeah, and that's how I dove into what the densities are. If I don't know if you guys know about the law of one or anything. The no, law of one is all of it. Oh, my gosh. The law of one is amazing. It's um, a book that was a channel book. And um, they talk about each density in each dimension. and the secrets of the universe and why third density, which is earth is the most challenging one. Cause it's a choice point. So you're either going from a service to self being or a service to others being, and that's why it's so intense. So when you're with what's going on right now on the planet, we're going from third density through the portal into fourth. So in that portal, all the darkness comes up. It's the hardest transition for a planet to go. And the fourth density is a fifth dimensional perspective. So it's a di different way of saying dimension, but it's density. It's like how much light you hold. So um, going to fourth density, which is the, the density of love and understanding, those are different beings too in a different planetary system. So Earth is splitting going into fourth density Earth. And so all these beings that we're starting to see, these celestial beings like the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, the Andromedans, the Lyrans, they're all here helping us with this ascension because their star systems have gone through this ascension process already. So now they're on ships. And I know a lot of us have seen, I'm sure at least you've seen like, even there, there's clouds, they usually cloak in clouds. And you can see you're like, oh, that's a starship. That's not a cloud. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing them like at your at your class. You're like, hey, there's a oh, ship yeah. outside. And we're like, what? <laughs> we walked out, we're like, oh. My gosh, there's a ship. <laughs> Yeah. And so they're helping us and they're just there. They're slightly different dimensions so we can't see them. But look when you're doing mushrooms, because the first time I did mushrooms, I was laying in Malibu by a fire and I looked up and I saw three spaceships. I'm like, oh, there they are. Yeah, I think. Uh, holy shit. I think that's what most people don't realize. They're like, well, if aliens are real, why can't I see them? Because you're not vibrating high enough and they're not going to come down to your vibration. <laughs> <laughs> you have to lift yourself up to where they're at to be able to actually see those different dimensions. Completely. Totally. Yeah. So, so they're helping us. So the, also, I want to give the caveat to anyone out there, because I know a lot of this is coming out in the news, like the um, the government's starting to release. Yeah. Like, oh, yep. We're seeing spaceships. If the government tells you they're dangerous, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Like they are full of love. They're full of light. They're not here for a galactic war. They're actually helping us. They, there's laws of the universe and it's humans that go into that warmongering energy. So um, Stephen Greer, he does a lot of work with spaceships. So look him up too if you don't know who that is. Because Wait, did he, is he the one that did uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth yeah. Kind? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a yeah. great so documentary. He, great yeah. 
documentary and he, he takes people out to the desert to see them. And um, he said something that I fully agree with because I was telling my classes this. And then he said, he's like, they're not nefarious. So if the government's telling you that's a false flag, it's not a real thing. Um, yeah. yeah. More I can't stop. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, and I hope it doesn't take us too much off topic, but when you talk about this ascension from 3D to 4D, Mm-hmm. I can't get out of my Mormon brain the concept of like the millennium and or maybe even in Christian, what do they call it? Like the I don't know. What do they call it? What's that? Apocalypse? Yeah, the rapture. Or something. Oh, I was thinking about rapture. Yeah. Rapture. OK. I mean, is it a similar type of concept that you're kind of talking about or? I, I do believe it's a sim- similar concept, but the thing is, it's not that Christ is coming down to save everyone and waking up. What we're doing is awakening Christ consciousness within all of us. And so waking up that Christ consciousness part, that's the ascension. That's the second coming is it's mm-hmm. all happening within our bodies and we're moving to more light, which is a different version of earth that holds more light, that we're all connected. We're all helping each other in that space of that connectedness. And then the higher density you go, I mean, you're, you're moving densities. It's, I mean, this is millions of years, but you're constantly evolving, right? So consciousness always wants to expand. So there's a quote, it's like consciousness, what sleeps in the sleeps in a rock, dreams in an animal, awakens in man. Mm. And so we're always going from rock to animal to man and then moving to these higher dimensional beings. So thinking of the earth shift, it is wake, it is very similar to that idea. I think there were those ideas in these ancient texts. If you go to the ancient Hindu texts, there's these ideas of the yugas and we're always going through these. We're ending the cycle of Kali Yuga right now, going into a new cycle of awareness. Um, it's that expansion that we're growing and evolving. So when you get to fifth, so fourth density is the density of love and understanding. So you're learning about love. You're becoming a being that's love. And when you get to fifth density, it's light and wisdom. And so that's more of a masculine, right? So where fourth density is more of a feminine energy, you're going into fifth density, which is the throat chakra of light and wisdom. And then by the time you get to sixth density, you merge them all in. So early sixth density of being might be going, okay, I learned about love and understanding in the fourth density. I learned about wisdom and light in fifth density, but I kind of got a little too skewed in the love and understanding. I want to balance it out because in sixth density, you have to be balanced with both wisdom and love. So being my, this is what a lot of us did, was spiral back down to third density earth to help not only help with the ascension of the planet but to balance that out and so that's where we learn these different like maybe i want to learn more about love so i'm going to come in a twin flame energy and then through that love i learn more wisdom and i become more balanced not only in my masculine feminine energy but in my love and wisdom does that make sense i know this is deep this <laughs> oh, is yeah. this is like i'm gobsmacked right now I, i'm <laughs> i I feel like, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a cool question to ask right now, but I'm just like, keep keep talking, please, and tell us more of these things. <laughs> I'm just thinking we need to have like a whole like you just maybe need to come and be a fourth guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so 
So then that's, you're kind of describing star seeds in a way, right? Right. Totally. So you want to like the star seeds. So when we're talking about these different dimensional places, like the Pleiadian, the Andromedans, the Arcturians, um, so a lot of us did. We had graduated from, so there's different schools of thought. There's the Dolores Cannon school of thought where we're wanderers. Um, do you guys know who Dolores Cannon is? Heard of that name. No. So Dolores, Dolores Cannon was one of like consciousness teachers from late 1960s, early 70s. She started hypnotizing people and she would get them in a deep hypnosis and then access their higher self. Mm. And so through that accessing higher self, she start, she was, she was like a reporter and she would write down all these questions and really interrogate them about what happens after we transition or what happens between dimensions. And inevitably everyone had the same type of story. And so she's, she called them wanderers. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit about, you know, some of us had graduated from third density. Some of us had gone over to other star systems, higher dimensions, like my, say my Pleiadian self. And I was done with Earth. And Earth, in about 1945, got in trouble because of the atomic bomb. So we're about to blow ourselves up. And so if Earth blows up, it sends a ripple throughout the entire cosmos, which creates so much destruction over everything because Earth is actually a living library and a school and a place of learning and a place of information. So or sent out this call. A lot of us people raised their hands. Okay, we'll go. I know we're done with Earth, but we're going to go. And we're going to go help with the ascension. So we spiraled our consciousness back down through dimensions. And then what we did was look down. We go through the zone of choice. And we're like, okay, so this family has alcoholism. This family has abuse. This family has this... This is how I can help with the ascension of the planet by going through to into this bloodline to heal the, the templates and the belief systems and the things that are embedded in your DNA. Because as you heal, the whole entire bloodline heals. So when you heal the anxiety in your own body, you heal it for your family. When you, when you stop the abuse templates, say you were sexually abused in your family, you do the healing and then you have kids and your kids don't experience that template. You're healing that entire bloodline because it's the buck stops here. And so that's one way we help with the healing of the planet is by doing our own work. And then our children experience less distortions and then it gets lighter and lighter and lighter. So that's part of it. And then you go through the veil of forgetting, which the veil of forgetting is very dangerous for a starseed, wanderer, way shower to go through that veil because you get to earth and you forget why you're here, where you're from, what your mission is. You forget the multidimensionality of all that is. And so you might get lost in the thing. So a lot of starseeds and wanderers and way showers, they forget their mission and they just end up in like a normal life until something comes and just kicks their ass and they have to wake up and go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm, I, I have a mission here. And that's what happened. Like, it, I don't think I fell asleep, but my twin flame journey really like you have a mission here. Like you get on your mission. What are you doing? Hiding out in a nice little house in Santa, Utah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know? So a quick question about like healing timelines. Um, what what 
you say healing the DNA, you come, the buck stops here. I'm going to heal this generational trauma. What if your kids are already living? Is it still, is it more of an energetic? Like, yeah, so it's more of an energetic, but think about so when you do your healing and then you become a better dad and a better dad, and then you can have these conversations. Did I mess up my kids? Yeah, I messed up <laughs> like with, with my whole twin flame journey. And then their dad ended up dying and not making it like, yeah, my kids actually had a lot of trauma. But the thing is, we have these conversations and we talk about it. And I instead of, you know, like some of our parents didn't ask for forgiveness. They didn't talk about it and acknowledge what happened. And so with us, like, especially me, I'm older than you guys. Like I'm in a, I'm like the second generation of wanderers and way showers. Like, so there was the first wave of volunteers. They're the people that are like probably 70-ish now, 70 to 80-ish. They had it the hardest because they came here. They were the baby boomers and the earth wasn't quite ready for them yet. So they tried to make a shift, but nothing quite happened. I came in right after that. So it was still challenging because there were no answers. So I had to like uncover and unpack everything and learn all this stuff. But then people like Elise comes for a session. I explain it in one session. She's like, oh, got it. Okay, got it. Great. So it just gets lighter and lighter and easier and easier as we more. And now these kids that are being born are like crystal child children who come with a lot of their memories intact. They're starting to see the angels more. And um, but for like your question with your kids, yeah, you just have the conversations. And as you heal your DNA and your bloodline, you are healing it for your kids because you're sharing that information. And then they start their own healing process, which <sighs> then your grandkids have a lighter energy as well. I mean, I've seen, you're describing what I've seen in these last couple of years since I really started to do inner work with my kids, you know, I mean, we passed yeah. down, we had kids, you know, babies having babies as Mormons do um, <laughs> and just kind of passed down our, our trauma to them mm-hmm. and their anxieties and uh, depression. Um, but in the last couple of years, I've just had the coolest conversations with them and I see them yeah. change and it's, it's not a change. It's so much more, I guess, natural. I don't know how to describe it. So much more flowy than yes. I ever expected. Like we're not helicopter parenting or, you know, really like stressing about their growth and development, but the, the conversations just happen and they flow. And it's been kind of magical to see and witness uh, over the last couple of years. And that's why I wanted to ask the question. Yeah, yeah that's so magical. I think yeah. it is, and the, the lighter the planet gets, the easier it gets, the more we're expanding consciousness. These conversations are easier. I mean, talking to some of our parents, it's like, oh, it's like going through mud. <laughs> get that yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. I had it's that a- experience yesterday when my parents saw my tattoo for the first time. Oh, oh shit. Dude, can we yeah. hear about it real quick? Yeah, I don't want to derail the podcast, but it was um it was hard. They didn't acknowledge it. They didn't want to talk about it. They finally at the end, my mom's mentioned it as the elephant in the room. And it took it turned sideways and I got kind of defensive. And then this morning I was talking to my therapist about it and she said, you know, the elephant in the room wasn't your tattoo. It was the anxiety, the fear of you going on your own path, a path different from Mormonism, not on the straight and narrow. And the fear that that brought up in them 
is just symbolized in your tattoo, which is kind of a mysterious tattoo. It's not like a recognizable symbol, but there's like presence in this whole web of choices. And she said, so even though you're in the dark, you're in the forest, you were probably even, they were mirroring back your own fear of being in this journey that you're like, there's no, I'm, I'm blazing my own trail here. And the trails are all over the place. But in the center of that, you're there, there's presence. And it's a whole new meaning for my tattoo than I, I thought about before. Um, but seeing it from that perspective, I could resonate with them more and be like, no, it wasn't about the tattoo. It was the fear of, it was the fear. Yeah. 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 That's really profound. I love your therapist. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> and she, she's the one who always says, look, when I talk about my kids, she's like, you're healing their DNA, you're healing generations. And you just put it into more perspective, Kimber. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, welcome. Amazing. That's so good. Yeah, we are healing DNA right now. And we've got all these templates and, you know, even our DNA, our DNA is coming online. Like originally we had 12 strands of DNA and it got manipulated to two. So our, our higher dimensional strands of DNA are coming online as we do this healing as well, which our, our multidimensional DNA holds our ability to be telepathic, our ability to be psychic, our ability to teleport our ability to, you know, be more aware. And so all this stuff, as we do this healing, our DNA, actually our crystalline DNA is activating and coming online, which is really amazing to watch that our bodies are evolving, not just our consciousness, but our bodies are going from carbon based to crystalline. They're, they're being able to hold more light. And that's why we do this work to change our cellular memory and our DNA and our internal structures of our body. So there's a lot going on right now, which is really magical. You keep reading my mind. It's the best. It's (laughs) the best. I was like, I'm going to ask her to talk about crystalline versus carbon. And then there she goes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When our DNA comes online, we're telepathic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know how much time you have. I would love if you could open the Akashic. Well, first, maybe just give a Cliff Notes um, definition for people that don't know what it is. And then amazing. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Okay. So the Akashic Records, they're a dimension of consciousness that contains everything that has happened, is happening, and possibly could happen. So they're probable timelines based on your trajectory right now. So knowing that, you know, we're constantly changing timelines because in every moment is a new reality, new reality, reality, new reality. So they're not exact on the, the future version, but it's the, the where you are right now, the trajectory you are now, just knowing we have free will that you can always change your path. Um, they're really great. But in the records, a lot of people, when we get in there, and everyone can access them, by the way. You know, back in the day, only the, the gurus and the mystics could open them because Earth wasn't a higher enough consciousness. But now that we're all becoming our own gurus and we're all becoming our own world, I knew exactly what their records were. I was accessing them. I was like, they're saying this, they're saying this. And people would be like, who's they? I'm like, I don't know your guides, you know. <laughs> But then when I really learned the records, a lot of people see them like a library in the sky. So if you have a Christian background, it's like the book of life. In 
the Torah is the book of remembrance. So it's the journey of your soul, the evolution of your soul's experience. So you can have past lifetimes in there. Good questions are like the whys, the hows, like how do I move through this energy? Why is this happening? What is the soul agreement? Um, those kind of questions really open up the energy. Also in the record is, um, the more open you are, the more open I find your records are because, you know, some people send their husbands and they're like crossing their arms and they're like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, your records are going to be all this big because you're not open to them. Um, <laughs> I see when I get in the records, I say a prayer. I say the prayer once out loud with your first name or the entity. So everyone has their own records, every business, animal, person, group, like, you can open, I do this a lot in my classes where I open up the group Akashic records and then we can just access that energy. Um, I see them like living light codes, light of information, and then your guides are around that. And I speak as a collective. So my eyes are closed the most of the whole time I'm talking as I'm just reading the, the information that's coming through, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, you can, I mean, even, can I just, before we get in, yeah. can I just... Cause you're just kind of blowing my brain and making me like, I'm remembering a mushroom trip I had about a year ago today. And, you know, my wife was holding space for me and she came in right when I was getting into the chatty phase of it after like, and I was talking about Mormonism and I was saying, you know, Mormonism, it's this whole energetic entity and people can tap into that. And so like, if you think of like a prophet of the Mormon church, they can access the entity of Mormonism and be like, how do we feed you? How do we sustain you? How do we grow you? And they can get the answer. Oh yeah. You need to send missionaries out at an earlier age. Um, I don't know if that's a similar thing or not. Or like... Very similar. Very similar. <laughs> yep. Wow. That's wild. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's good. I wasn't going crazy there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think, you know, a lot, like you're accessing that information, like, you know, mushrooms, you access a dimension of consciousness. It's not the same one as the Akashic, but it's still a dimension of consciousness that you're accessing. Yeah, so cool. Wow. But the, the records, they, the Akashic, they surround us entirety. It's actually a Sanskrit word that means ether, or sky, or, you know, the, the energy that's around us. So it's in our DNA. You have the, the Akashic inside your DNA, but it's all, all around us that we can always access if you're in that right dimension. The few times that I've accessed it during your classes were just mind blowing. Like so it good. was so cool to see. Yeah, it's it so amazing. fun. So fun. And it's an imaginative place. So it's like I always say your imagination is your gateway to creation. So it's using that imaginative faculty. So if I didn't have a good imagination, I don't know if I would be as good at reading it because it's like, oh, if I see Mary Magdalene, I just know she's there. If I feel her, I'm like, oh, there's Mary Magdalene. Let's bring her through. That makes sense. Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> I am. So I mean, the first time, the first time I even heard of the Akashic was through the podcast. Uh, I was telling a story about a, a place that I seem to uh, continually go when I'm uh, tripping. And I was telling Mike and Shalice about it. And Shalice goes, oh, maybe it sounds like maybe you're accessing the Akashic records. And so I was, I feel like I responded. I don't know the word that you just said. <laughs> and so I'm, yeah, uh, to say that my mind is blown is an understatement, but I'm very quite excited to 
do this and to have, yeah, this is, okay. this is amazing. Wow. Amazing. So, um, yeah, you'll ask me questions out loud and then I'll just tell you what the guides are saying. Are we going to open it for the podcast? Yeah, I think we could do that yeah. for the Mormons okay. and Mushrooms Collective. Oh. I got my crystals. Here yeah. Already. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. So I say with a person, I say it once out loud with your first name and twice silently with the full legal name. So I'll just be saying like Mormons on Mushrooms podcast twice silently while I'm really tuning in and I'll say the records are now open when they're open. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> And so we do acknowledge the forces of light, asking for guidance, direction, and courage to know the truth, as it is revealed for our highest good and the highest good of everyone connected to us, O Holy Spirit of God. Help us know Mormons on Mushrooms in the light of the Akashic Records, to see Mormons on Mushrooms through the eyes of the Lords of the Records, and enable me to share the wisdom and compassion that the masters, teachers, and loved ones of Mormon on mushrooms have for them. The records are now open and you may ask your first question whenever you're ready. How can we be a better source for creativity, inspiration, and healing uh, within the communities that we find ourselves? Mm. So first of all, they're saying, keep doing what you're doing, because what you're doing, I see uh, this big heart opening in this, this sacred vessel of containment, of allowing people to explore consciousness and explore different dimensions and different ways to heal and ways to come in resolution with their, their trauma. Um, you're already doing it and you don't even understand the ripple effect that you're having by just the, you know, thousands that you reach now is it's creating this ripple effect out that you can't even see from this perspective right now. So keep following your highest excitement and keep following those hits of what you want to do. And eventually it just naturally and organically grows. They're showing a flower of blooming and coming in that just creates more resonance with people and more different. I'm seeing events. I'm seeing healing sanctuaries. I'm seeing that you're just starting. You're just at the tip of the iceberg of what you're doing. I see retreats. I see you're taking people to different spaces in order to facilitate an even deeper healing. So just being present with yourself right now. And the more inner work you do, the more getting into alignment with what you're here for, what your mission is, and the why you're doing it, the more it just expands. and. Um, yeah, they're saying this container is it's a really beautiful place. It's 
yeah, it's fun, but it's also very nurturing and healing for people that are coming out of these um, patriarchal, that's what they'll use, the word they're using of experiences. That makes sense. How, um, because with that, there comes up a lot of fear and the fear of, you know, one thing we're talking about psychedelics and, you know, we have jobs and families and, uh, you know, anonymous for the most part, Doug and me and Doug are, but like the fear of, I don't know how, how to work through the fear of it growing and expanding and shifting. So they're, they're showing, um, so Mike and Doug, you guys have had different lifetimes together. And, um, in this lifetime, one of the contracts, so I see one, so there's one energy where you guys have been shamans together, like Peruvian shamans and, um, murdered by, it feels like the Catholic church and, um, murdered in that realm. But then on the other hand, I'm seeing, in Ireland, I see, you know, the witch trials. I see that you two were part of the patriarchy that caused some burnings and caused some other energy. So these merging of these two, one, the victimization, one being the perpetrator, you're merging it into this healing moment right here, right now. And so this back and forth of like healing, being part of the Mormon church and then awakening consciousness there's this duality, there's this, these scales of bringing it into um, evenness, I guess, and, and healing the different karmas within your bodies. So the fear comes up, not only that you've been persecuted, but also been the persecutor. And so there's this energy that you guys are here to move through your body and clear that DNA template that the only way out is by speaking the truth from the heart. And being really grounded in your knowing and your awareness, being smart and and trusting that the universe will only expand you to the point where you can handle it. And that's why, you know, being present right here, right now of allowing it just to like do this slow growth. I'm seeing this oscillation of just like growing and where it becomes it's almost perfect timing because, you know, talking about mushrooms and now it's starting to become part of the the collective consciousness, right? Like, so it's, it's legal in a lot of different places. It's going to be legal in California soon. And, and therapeutic mushrooms are coming to be legal. And there's all sorts of people that are doing it in a legal space. So as you rise up with this collective movement, that's where the, the, the momentum starts. And, um, it's part of your mission to speak the truth. And it's part of your mission to, move energy and open up that these plants are sacred, that they are just tools. Mm. Basically, they're permission slips. We don't even need them, but they show us the path in order to access that consciousness that we already have. And so as you do it, it might even evolve to, you know, different things and different modalities and different ways of accessing the truth of who people really are and and doing the deep healing work. Because in the end, yeah, you're talking about mushrooms, but Underneath all of it is a deep healing. I'm just seeing so much healing happening, especially in the solar plexus and in deep inside the body of that fear and that control and that, you know, the patriarchal energy and remembering that 
masculine is not part of the patriarchy, that the masculine energies, the men have been hurt just as much by the patriarchy. And so it's pulling that energy out too and healing it and becoming these sacred vessels to hold space for other people to heal in whatever way they can do it. The fear is natural. And every time you move to another dimension, another space, fear always comes up and it's a natural space. Mm -hmm. And you can look at fear and excitement carry the two frequencies. It's just what perspective are you looking at? You can look at, oh, maybe this energy, my body's excitement, but I'm looking through a filter of lack. And so I'm thinking fear. So remembering you are creating your own reality. Where are you focused on? So when the fear comes out, move through it, feel it, love it, ask where in your body you're you're holding it and find different ways to heal it and then move through it and go to the next logical step of where you want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're showing like both of you your ascension or all three of you, your ascension calm of light inside your body and being really, so I'll tell you the, the first energies I saw in here was Metatron, um, Melchizedek and Archangel Michael and Archangel Michael is such a beautiful guard for you guys. His big wings, golden wings with his sword of truth is right at the top of your record. So just, I'm seeing the sword of truth in your bodies and just being really knowing that you're here for the greater good and you're here for the collective. And so the more you stand in that truth and not wobble, because when people do get so say they get persecuted or like, it's going to happen. Some people might come out here or whatnot, but I don't see in the future, this persecution or this losing of jobs or families or whatnot. I don't see that in your reality. Um, because you are doing the work and you're standing in your truth and you're doing it with love. I don't see holes in your energy that allow those nefarious forces to get in. And that's usually when you have a wobble, that's what allows those energies to come in. And so then you can look at everything as a sacred teacher of like, oh, okay, this came at me or this person said this, How, what's in my energy that's mirroring that? How can I heal that in myself? And then bring myself to a higher state of consciousness. Does that make sense? Mm, totally. It's so, so good. I'm not familiar with Metatron, Kimber. What, what is that energy? Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm actually not either. Um, let's see what that <laughs> energy is. They're showing me it's an archangel um, and he's, he's got like this purplish energy um, he speaks about truth and he speaks about, um, hmm. it's very connected to sacred geometry. Mm. So I'm seeing around him a lot of you guys, your records are very sacred geometry. <laughs> There's a lot of masculine, but like geometrical shapes in there. It makes sense that you've got that tattoo mm -hmm. because it's that your records kind of look that way. There's a lot of different, like, there's a lot of grids in here. There's a lot of flowers of life. There's a lot of just different, like the platonic solids. There's lots of different of that kind of energy, um, which would make sense that they're saying Met Metatron is very connected to sacred geometry, very connected to, are you guys really into music? Yeah, those two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
you guys are connected to the harmonic universe. And so the harmonic universe is this dimension of consciousness that what <laughs> this is going to sound so weird. But when I first found the harmonic universe it was one of my it was like a near death experience. I was really sick and I was looking for my twin flame and I the flower, the tree of life grew out of my head and I climbed up the tree of life and these angels opened up a portal and I got in there and it was so funny because Prince was in there and um, oh gosh, Michael Jackson and um, oh, what's his name? George Harrison, like all these people were in the records and I was like, where am I? And the angels like, oh, you're in the harmonic realm. And this is where they heal the sound of the entire universe. So all these musicians cross over because they could do more work on this dimension than they could on earth. And so they're working on the sound and the harmonics, but your guys' records are really connected to this realm. So there's a lot of these musicians that are in your records, which is really cool. That's awesome. So cool. Can I ask another one here? Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to phrase this one, but there's, you know, you, you talked about creating a platform or like a, a space, a space for people to come on and heal. Um, and one of the questions that comes up for me is how to best, I don't know, there's, you know, a lot of different energies that want the stage to, you know, with, that might, um, and sometimes we've had guests and, it, you know, their voice doesn't fully align with our voice. But mm-hmm. there's also an, an element of, you know, we're bringing on different perspectives, different views. Um, so guidance, just kind of going forward on, I mean, you already kind of said, follow your excitement. And that's kind of what we've been leaning into. Um, mm-hmm. But if there's any more relating to that on how, I mean, there's also the, the, the frustration that like a lot of people reach out and, you know, we just don't, we can't get everyone's story out there or everyone who wants to be on there so so that's another part of your your lesson is boundaries and a lot of us on this path yep (laughs) that's exactly my word every time if something happens to me it's always the damn boundaries thing i'm always like oh man (laughs) so that reaction right there was yeah um it's boundaries and having these bound these firm but loving boundaries and that's part of your lesson in doing this and and saying it with your heart, knowing what your mission is and not allowing different energies that are trying to come in and take over that don't align, being steadfast in your own alignment with who you are and what it is that you're allowing in. Yeah, you can allow other perspectives, but always bring it back to your core truth and your core mission and where you resonate and where you radiate with that light and love that is the, the truth of who you are. And when people reach out, just fill it out because there are going to be people with a slightly lower dimension, not dimension, but lower vibration that doesn't quite feel right. And listen to your gut. Your gut always knows. It's like the you know the heart can lie, the mind can lie, but the body doesn't lie. And so listening to your body when those people reach out that doesn't quite feel in alignment and have a nice thing that says, you know, like we appreciate your story while we can't have everyone on the podcast or do, you know, reach out to everyone, like make a nice little statement, but staying in the heart and staying in your alignment being, they're saying being um, like unwavering in your truth and that 
consciousness that you are, you'll know who resonates and who doesn't and just let it filter out as it will, if that makes sense, with that love and not worrying so much about you're all empaths. And like, so you feel when someone's feelings are hurt, you feel that, but Mm. being as kind and loving, but knowing you're not here to make everyone feel good all the time because healing doesn't always just feel good. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, I'd like to tell you because it's coming through and it comes through a lot, but because the channel Bashar, um, he's really great too. Um, but he has a formula and it's a steadfast formula. I follow this formula in my own life. It's with all your options available, do the thing that excites you the most. At any given moment, follow it to the very best of your ability with absolutely zero insistence on outcome. And then no matter what happens, you maintain a positive perspective that that was exactly what was supposed to happen. And then you do the next exciting thing. And so then you just, and these are the breadcrumbs that lead you to where you're going. So each person or, okay, it excites me to interview this person. I'm going to follow it to the best of my ability with zero insistence on outcome. And then whatever happens, maintain that that was exactly the conversation you were supposed to have. That was exactly even the mess ups that was exactly supposed to happen. And then the do the next exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And that will just lead you. It keeps you on your higher timeline. It keeps you out of judgment. It's like, okay, well, we're right here right now. It keeps you in that right here right now. Instead of trying to plan exactly what it looks like, you can just do each exciting thing. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that so much. When I heard, I saw him live. And when I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I just think, and he—it's so funny. He's so spicy in his attitude. He's like, spicy. He's, yeah, he'll be like, "Guys, it's not that difficult. Just do what makes you happy." And he gets so angry. He's like, "I'm telling you, you're laughing. I'm telling you the secret to life. Pay attention." Oh my god! You know, ask a question or something, and he'll be like, "Well, are you following your highest excitement?" Exactly. It's so good. So good. So So I was wondering if you could speak on maybe the energies that brought this together. Was it ascended masters? Was it maybe um, other energies like from Pleiades or star systems, or maybe even the medicine itself that kind of facilitated this space to come together? Mm. Yes. (laughs) All of the above. Um, (laughs) First of all, the medicine, knowing, you know, we all know that mushrooms have their own consciousness and they'll take you where they want to take you, whether you know mm-hmm. where you're going to go anyway, <laughs> you know, we all know that. <laughs> I guess this is where I'm going. Um, they, and also what I'm seeing is how connected they are under the earth and that they, they all talk to each other and they brought all this energy together, first of all, to bring more awareness to the sacredness of the plant of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then I also see that you guys did have a collective agreement between the three of you to do this Mm. mission because it is a mission. And I think you all feel that it's kind of a big mission. And so that's where some of the fear comes from is that it's not just like, I mean, it is a fun podcast and you can think of it like that, but you're also facilitating a lot of healing and a lot of open awareness for people and expanding consciousness so fast because of your audience of people that are so ready and hungry to hear from it about it that might not have the access to it. If that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I do see like the Metatron and Archangel Michael. um, 
Also, I see that you all are part of the Galactic Federation of Light. So you do all have like spaceships above that are also watching. So your future version of yourself or your higher dimensional self is watching what's going down on the planet and understanding that, you know, where we're going in this world and how dark it seems that these sacred plant medicines and the sacred energy is the thing that's going to facilitate so much waking because a lot of people need a big, deep wake up call. And somehow that that's the way it's going to happen because people have to let go of their egos and they have to let go. Well, the records are saying they don't have to do anything, but that was my. (laughs) 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 They're like, hold on. (laughs) So they don't have to, but to facilitate a bigger collective awakening that these medicines are going to facilitate people that have a hard time letting go of meditation or people that have a lot a hard time letting go of their deeply embedded programs that these are just quick permission slips to allow them to wake up to the truth of who they are. And so you bring out this information to people that there's just, they're showing basically a lot of like, you know, ex newly ex Mormons, even that just don't know where to go and they don't know what to do next or how to heal or what am I going to believe in now? Cause there's this loss of faith and loss of, even sense of self and you bringing this, it's like they're showing you giving this sacred gift to people like here, try this or try this or try this. This is what worked for me, that it's feeling all this. So all these collective energies up here um, and it's the quantum field too, because you guys all started resonating on a certain frequency and that's the quantum field's job to arrange things in the most perfect order. And so it ranged all of you in this, sacred circle right here to to dish out this medicine that makes sense i did see that in a previous mushroom journey they were the mushrooms literally told me it's time it's time for people to experience this don't you remember it's time yeah so good so good i love that wow one more last question um, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of circling around a question of guidance, but I don't know how to word it. I mean, I, I guess it's about some guidance and what things to be cautious of or what, 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 what could we possibly, mm. yeah, I got, that's best I can, those are the best words I got. Okay. So I'll take what resonates, leave the rest. But what they're showing is a pendulum. And so you were over over here, you know, in the Mormon realm, and then you swung your pendulum over here. They're they're showing it's time to clean up your life and clean up different um, habits and um, belief systems. Um, Just clean up your bodies, clean up everything to really getting focused on your mission and really creating sacredness and so coming back with the sacredness of the medicine the sacredness and and creating containers of the sacredness instead of they're they're showing clean there's some partying going on or something does that make sense 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much partying and just kind of clean that up. And because right now what they're showing is it's time to be in warrior shape and um, really clean up the body. Any uh, inflammation in the body that and treating the body like the sacredness that it is and, and creating more of that space and clearing your head because of where you're going and how important your mission is and continue doing the healing work. And they're also showing, you know, with the boundaries thing, like it really creating every day, creating this beautiful <laughs> light around you that is this protective light and, and being intentional with every single day of what you're creating, waking up in the morning, creating your day and creating it with intention of what you're doing. Because I feel like you all know how important you are in this ascension path and and with this movement of the planet and you know it's easy to think that i don't know anything i've got so much to learn but that's when you know you're awakening because if you think you know everything then you don't know anything and so remembering that and so the more the less you feel like you know the more awake you are and and being in that beautiful excited state of continuing unfolding and then showing it. And that's being the way shores. You uncover something and then you turn around and you show those behind you the path and just continue doing that. And um, but remembering how loved you are and how cared you are and that you've got a lot of help. You've got your angels and your guides around you. You've got a whole team of light to call upon you. So if you get scared or if you get lost, just ask them for help and that they're here to help you and they're here to to make the the way easier, but also remembering you are a conscious creator. And so imagining what it is that you want and continuing using that imagination as that gateway to creation and life will unfold in such a beautiful way. And the more you unfold, just remembering that it's not that bad things don't happen. It's just your refractory period gets shorter. So Things that used to take you three months to move through will take you a couple hours. So just keep unfolding and keep keep moving in the direction you're moving because they're they're very pleased and very and just you're so loved and held. That's just what I needed to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, Kimber, do do people usually cry when you're doing I've been bawling. Whole time doing this is that a pretty typical response? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I keep All right. Issues by my chair because, um, yeah, it's really nice that the energies come through, and I'm sure you're feeling the energies because you are very empathic, oh. and um, that they, they do work on your body while you're while we're listening to the records as well. So it's really, it's really special and magical. I love that. So good. Oh. All right. So we'd like to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones for their love and compassion. We'd like to thank the lords of the Akashic Records for their point of view. And we'd like to thank the Holy Spirit of Light for all knowledge and healing. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. Thank you. So thank much, you so much. Amber. I knew this was going to be amazing. And it was. And it's oh. just so awesome. I, I just, so awesome. I've been singing your praises forever. And I know everyone that listens to this is going to want a session with you. So how do they find you? How do they go about doing that? Uh, so um, KimberTiernan.com. K-A-M-B-E-R-T-I-E-R-N-A-N. 
com, And then I'm on Instagram, just Kimber Tiernan. You can connect with me there as well. Um, but you can book sessions. You can email me. It's divinealchemy444 at gmail.com. And you have all of these wonderful classes that are kind of ongoing, it seems, with different yeah. topics. Right yeah. now you're doing Divine Masculine. Yeah. And yeah. what's, do you know what's next? Um, so I do, it's called Divine Alchemy Academy. We open up portals of learning every, like, yeah, it's an ongoing thing. We did the Divine Feminine Goddess last month, this month's the um, Healing the Divine Masculine Timeline, which has been amazing it's been one and we did get one of your listeners signed up so thank you oh yay yeah so great yeah he just like i'm in i was like yay (laughs) Um, it's been amazing uh the next one will probably be this harmonic universe and that's where we go through the densities the law of one it's all you need to know Mm. about the ascension journey it's deep work it's seven weeks of just diving into all of the goodness so. That makes me like you talking about that. That was my body saying, yes, yes, we want to do that one. <laughs> That's your highest excitement. My body's like, oh, yeah, let's learn about all the cool stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Yay. I love that. You guys are amazing so much. Like, this has been great. Kimber, um, just to just to maybe jump in here. I feel like we've been not as chatty as we normally are in a podcast, but I, I'm now going to be a little bit chatty because, um, that was, um, I'm trying to think of like a good adjective. You, that, that was just really fucking cool. Um, that was like, uh, one of the best experiences for sure. One of the best experiences I've ever had on a zoom call, but also maybe one of the best experiences I've had, um, in my life. I, 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 if it was not as back and forth chit chat as maybe usually it should be, I, that's because we were just, I think, floored by um, your wisdom and knowledge and light and love and oh, just everything, everything cool. Cool is such a, a good <laughs> dorky word, but it's the coolest <laughs> word I know. It's cool. Oh, now you're going to make me cry. Like, Thank honestly. you. I can't thank you enough for that. That was exactly what I needed tonight. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On so many oh. levels. So many levels. Yeah. I so. just, I'm filled. I'm just like to the brim right now and beaming. Yeah. So thank you. Love that. So, love you so much, Kimber. Thanks, you guys, so much. Love you all. Anytime. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs> we'll keep in touch. Hey. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.